Blog Talk Radio. Cardinal fans, welcome to another edition of the official Redbird Rants podcast. I am your host tonight, and I'm joined by my co-editor, Dr. Michael Miles. Dr. Miles, how are we doing tonight? Hey, you know, I'm I'm flying high right now. My uh, 15-year-old son in a 17-and-under basketball league, his team just absolutely painted the floor with the opposing team by an ending score of 47-19. to 19. I mean, what what can you say? I mean, my son had several rebounds, was awesome on defense, stole the ball. I know that this is a baseball podcast, but want to put that plug in because this is one proud dad right here driving home. Hey, nothing wrong with that. And we want to give a shout-out to all our live listeners and all the listeners that will listen to us later on. This is the 40th episode of the official Redbird Rants podcast. And Dr. Miles and I have been on since day one, so it's nice to actually be on the 40th episode as we continue our march through the off season. Any thoughts you want to share on the 40th episode? I tell you what, Tito, I, I want to give a lot of thanks and appreciation. I think we did this at our 25th. We may have done it at our 30th, but, you know, you and others on the staff had this great idea to expand uh, the brand of Redbird Rants into podcasting. Uh, luckily, we were very much supported by Fansided. You know, we've got uh, Brendan Voigt, who helped us out a lot at the beginning, um, and, and others, Dan Campbell, who's been very instrumental. We've really brought, uh, you know, Josh McDonald. I know we... Like Randall Gritchick, we don't want to give away too much credit because we're afraid they will disappoint us. But, you know, we really should give some credit to Josh and to, to Christian May Suzuki and, and Trevor Hoos. And even though he's deserted us to go be an editor for uh, the Brewers fan-sided site, he still sticks around with us and does podcasting and a couple articles for us here and there. And you know what? It's just been a great, great adventure as we've grown and changed and watched our readers grow and change as well and just figure out this thing that I think that we've got a really great grasp on now. And it is fantastic to celebrate the 40th birthday of season one. So at this point we are now over the hill. Um, I have put out a ceremonial black raven and tombstone to celebrate our 40th. Uh, episode and and so yeah just a huge thanks to all those guys before and all the guys who are still with us Um, anybody who's been on thank you to those who are interested in joining us please do we have a great time and this is a fantastic podcast and so that's my take Tito and what do you how do you feel about it being the 40th Uh, you know we were just talking about it not too long ago and it, it feels like it's we've been doing this forever uh, 40 is a lot of episodes, but I mean, it feels like we've done a hundred at this point. Um, but that just goes to show mm-hmm. you how much fun we have 
when we actually go through with our podcast and get to talk baseball for an hour. And, and I echo your comments, you know, they, uh, we couldn't have done it without the guys that you've mentioned. And, you know, you know, I wish, you know, everybody that listens to us continues to listen to us and give us the feedback, you know, what can we do better and what, you know, what can we improve on, uh, you know, as the, as the years go by. But, you know, I think the one thing that we'll look to do for the next season for the 2018 season is, is incorporate some, some other websites, maybe some other fan sided teams, um, maybe do a couple of, uh, shows where we get some team previews and or series previews, some off season stuff maybe coming as well. So I, I really am excited for the podcast to continue to grow its brand and I think um everybody that's you know that will continue to listen to us will see us grow even more and be one of the top, you know, podcasts on fan sided and hopefully one of the most listened to you know, in Cardinal Nation. And so with that being said uh, thank you to Dr. Miles as well for, you know, giving us the green light and, and making sure that we could do something like this. So with that being said, I think we're ready to go ahead and get into the topics for tonight. And we're going to start with the hot stove, of course, why not? And what's going on around baseball? Because, you know what, within the last, what, eight hours, it's been kind of crazy. And we'll start. We'll go ahead and start with the Tyler Chatwood stuff, and that is that he signed a three-year, forty million dollar deal with the Chicago Cubs. And you know there was a lot of talk on Twitter early on in the off season about maybe signing Tyler Chatwood. I know a couple of Twitter handles threw that out there. I wasn't so convinced with Tyler Chatwood. I thought Lance Lynn would be a better option. Um, he probably is a more expensive option, but you know he's a known, he's a little bit more known commodity, and so I I wasn't too sure about it. What did you make of the Tyler Chatwood signing, though, Doctor Miles? You know, Tito, thank you. I, I'm actually really glad that you said you were you know not so sold on it because I'm not. Uh, I think that's a lot of money for an unproven, and and granted he had a, a you know some decent numbers that he posted last, uh, last season, I, it just kind of worries me. And I, I feel the same way about um, the Japanese player who has posted and, you know, the, the hot stove is bubbling about his name. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll tell you what, Tito, my, my real answer to you is when you and I did the exercise and more so you because of what was going on in my personal life during then, but of the mock uh, winter meetings, it made me, and thanks to you with a lot of your insight, made me evaluate players so differently than I did before. And in in the times past, I think I would have pulled up a, uh, a Chatwood or a Marcelo Zuna and been really excited about some of the numbers that I was seeing. But that exercise of the mock winter meetings forced me to look at a player more completely and more in-depthly than I think I had done before. And so when I'm seeing a player like Chatwood, who, by the way, I think is going to be fine. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a total bust for the Cubs, although I would love for it to be just because it's the Cubs. But I think that, you know, they have got a great 
organization inside of the Cubs. And so he will be able to develop uh, at the major league level and if necessary, go to some of the minor league affiliates and pick up some things there. So I'm not worried about that. But I just think it's a lot of money to throw at it. And then my second piece is this. I think it speaks volume to the market because the market's a little stale right now as, there, as everyone is waiting for Stanton to fall and Martinez to fall and, and the potential of, of Archer being on the move and, and so on, so on. And, and Otani, his, his arrival in the U.S. and all of those things are, are laying out there. And what you're seeing are teams who are grabbing up a player like a chat was, but they're, in my opinion, putting too much money to it. But that also kind of tells me there may not be anything else out there. I mean, does that resonate with you? Am I way off on this? No, and and I'll tell you why. I, I mean, think of look at what the look at who the Cardinals just signed, and, and that I think tells you where the market is right now. And I think we'll kind of talk about this a little later. Uh, and of course, I'm referring to the Cardinals signing Miles uh, Nicholas from the Japanese league. Yeah, but yeah, the Lizard King. Yeah, the Lizard King. <laughs> and by the way, if anybody has a chance, make sure you go watch the video of him eating the lizard. It's pure gold. It's really funny. It's on it is Facebook. pure gold at the same time, so completely disgusting. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree with that one, too. But, and, but, and just a but quick again, question. Does, does he shotgun that beer after he eats it? Is that what that is? Because I've seen the video, and I haven't watched closely enough to yeah. see. Is that a Coca-Cola or is that a beer? Because I'm hoping it's I'm something sure, that can clean pretty, out the germs. I'm sure it's a beer. I, I, at least you need okay. to give me one to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Agreed. But, but, but the signing of Nicola's, it, it, it speaks volume – to what the Cardinals can do, I think, at this point, because of their inability to move forward with Giancarlo Stanton's approval or disapproval. They can't make any other move without that falling, because let's say that they want to go get Archer. You know you have to give up pitching prospects, but if you go for Stanton, you're not going to have any pitching prospects. Most Well, at least some of your top ones. You'll still have some, but you won't have your top ones. And so all these dominoes are just waiting for that first one to fall, and, and then you see a guy like Tyler Chatwood get snagged up. I mean, I you know, there's only been three pitchers that really have signed – or four pitchers, Mike Miner, Yusmero Petit, Mike Mc, Miles McCullis, and Tyler Chatwood. Four pitchers who, you know – aren't really special in any regard, in my opinion, all get snagged up very quickly. And yet you still have guys like you Darvish and Jake Arrieta on the, on the mound or out on the free agency. And what I think it also speaks to is, is the inability of the Cubs to possibly compete for Jake Arrieta. Uh, because why wouldn't they use that money to go get him? Now, granted, the, they are the Cubs. They probably have a lot more money than I'm, I'm guessing at, but it just tells me that the market is, is so dependent on one domino right now. And the truth of the matter is, is we don't even know if that domino will ever fall. 
And that is something we definitely will get into later. But that's where I see all this hot stove action. It's, it's just so heavily dependent on Stanton that I don't think any team is willing to take a risk early on until the winter meetings happen. Yeah, and I think you're so right about that. And, you know, that gummit, that, that domino needs to fall because the rest of us need to get moving on with our lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and here's the thing. If I'm John Carlos Stanton, no lie, I will take my sweet-ass time with it. I would. And he has earned well, why, that right. Why wouldn't you? I mean, the longer you go, the more likely that you're going to get what you want. Well, right. But at the same time, there is that tipping point, at which point you're no longer going to get what you want. You're actually going to get the far opposite. But, but this is the thing. Like, you know, everybody talks about the no trade clause, but the more important thing about his deal is the opt-out. If, even if he does, let's say he stays in Miami, doesn't get traded, he still has an opt-out after three years, which he will still get paid $75 million over three years to then say, you know what, Big, highest bidder gets me, and there's nothing anybody else can do about it. And that yeah, almost guarantees – some some uh, it guarantees he goes to a big market in the West Coast and probably Los Angeles at that point. And that I was just about to say that that is why to me the Dodgers are not involved in the talks and maybe they are because you know we don't really know but as we right. all know the uh, Los Angeles or the Yankees or um, Boston they could walk in and write a check today and pick him up they could have done it back at the at the waiver deadline. You know, when right. he was out and, on and, waiver. And that and I and I do want to touch on this real quick because that's all I've been hearing. It, it, you know, when all this stuff about the Giants, oh, they're willing to take on two hundred fifty million dollars, blah 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 blah. Well, why didn't they do that earlier? Why didn't they go and do that earlier? If it was if they were willing to take on that much money then, oh well, they were a ninety eight team ninety eight win season or 98-loss team, okay, but then now you don't have to wait for him to be traded. He's already on your team, and so what? That that part, the hard part's already over. Uh, you know, I, I personally, it just, I think when, the, when Stanton makes his decision, I don't expect there to be a cascade of moves after that, but you will see the market churn out deals at a pretty rapid rate i would i would guess yeah i have to agree with you and um i i have always been on your side and and really enjoy when you bring up the point of the waiver wire and that he could have and should have very likely been picked up then but going back to your question about Go ahead. It just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If it if it was all about money, he would have been moved then. It clearly isn't all about that, and it clearly no one is willing to pay 100% of that contract. And I don't blame any team for doing that. But to say that a team is only gonna, you know, the to see that the Giants deal essentially was only gonna pick up 250 million of the 295, I was like, okay. 
then that should they should have made that deal a long time ago if it was all about money. Yeah, agreed. And in fact, in that exercise that you and I went through when we really batted Stanton around, even we weren't interested in taking on the whole contract. No, it, nobody would. That's the thing. And, and I was trying to be very realistic with those negotiations. And as you can see, and I can guarantee you, if the Cardinals come out of this with Stanton, I almost can guarantee you they will have to take at least 90% of this deal, which stinks in the long run because that's a lot of money that you're, you're going to be paying. But at the same time, again, if you're going to take 90% of the contract, you are on the hook for at least three years. And more than yeah. likely, more than likely, he opts out. More than likely. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I so would. you're really looking, yeah, and I would too. You're really looking at $75 million or roughly that over the next three years for the Cardinals. That's not too bad compared to the, to the amount of money that they're going to be bringing in. I mean, think about it. Remember this. They add a guy like John Carlos Stanton who's worth $25 million this next year. They're losing Adam Wainwright's salary, which is $19.5 million. You know, that kind of evens it out just a tiny bit. I mean, sure, you have an, uh, an, uh, you know, a surplus of $6 million to still hand out to John Carlos Stanton, or maybe it's a little bit more because it, it actually might bump up to $28 million. But even then you're looking on taking 90% of that deal, you're probably still only paying $25 million for the next three years, plus you're losing money as the years go by. So this is, this is why I, I hate when Cardinal fans say the Cardinals don't do it or they're too cheap. They're not cheap. Sure, they, they, they are conservative in their moves, but they're not cheap. And anybody that says that they are is kidding themselves because just because they haven't landed a free agent doesn't mean that they haven't tried to. And that's what I get frustrated, frustrated about. Well, and I agree with you. And the, and the thing that I always say to that is, <laughs> I mean, I, I probably was one of those people who complained in, in years past about, you know, they should have signed – someone at this point they should have done x at this point but i I go back when you suddenly put on those shoes and that those decision making hats and suddenly it's hey this 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 ain't as easy as what it appears right right i mean that and that's what i learned through our our kind of the mock gm thing was you know you're seeing a lot of money exit and you're calculating what you have to do to field a decent team but stay within the financial parameters of a realistic, you know, a realistic offseason. And that's very hard to do when your main guy is worth as much as he is. So I can totally understand where why the Cardinals at times become very conservative because again, and this is something that I say a lot in our group, in our group chat, part of being a GM is balancing short-term and the long-term gains. You can, you can have both, 
But if you go one way or the other, you're going to suffer at some point. And if you decide to go short-term and get the best that you can right away, you're going to have to dish out your long-term future in, in the form of prospects and in money. But if you wait for the long-term too much, then you're sitting there like, oh, are we ever going to win again? How much longer until we get back to the World Series? And so that is the crux that the front office finds themselves. They have to balance the short-term minds of some fans of it's only about winning every single year versus the other side of fans where they say, well, I love sustained success and I'd rather be a winning team for 10 years and win one World Series versus a team that never gets to the World Series but spends a lot of money and throws their future away. So, that's it, and it's tough, and that's why you know that's why they are the ones making the decisions and not me. That's for sure. Well, I think we did a, a, a darn good job um, at that exercise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I hope anybody who who's listening or or will listen later can go check out that piece. It's on redvergrants.com. It's you know, you can search under my name and, and check out the team that we ended up building. Um, it would win. I know that. It would be it would be a winner on the on the field. But, you know, some of the moves I made were very unrealistic. But at the same time, again, as I said to one guy on Twitter, you can't blame me for uh, taking care of my opportunities. And so I, I did just that. So we are going to take a short break. You are listening to the official Redbird Rants podcast. This is episode 40. Just stick with us. Okay, welcome back to episode 40 of the official Redbird Rants podcast. I'm Tito. I'm joined by Dr. Miles, my co-editor. We just got done talking about some of the hot stove action. Um, I do want to you know, touch on one more hot stove action that we just didn't get get to before the first break, and that's the trade of D. Gordon. And I think that was very significant in the fact that it pretty much signifies that the Marlins are pretty much preparing for another move. I think it's very obvious that they're still trying to cut payroll. D. Gordon, although he went to the Mariners, which was a complete shock to me. Um, he is now off the books for for a good chunk of money for the Marlins. And I can envision at least one more outfielder going, maybe two, but it's either going to be Stanton or Ozuna at this point. What do you think, Dr. Miles? Yeah. You know, I wrote a piece about it um, just today right before I left my office this afternoon, really talking about the D Gordon move and the fact that that is to me, the first signal that the Marlins are finding other ways to save their money. And I mean, they, they knocked off 38.5 million with sending Gordon to play center field for the Mariners. I mean, as you said, that was sort of out of, as the old saying goes out of left field, but I guess we should say out of center field. Uh, You know, I think that we're at the place now where the more I keep watching this, 
I think Ozuna's the one to go next, and I think that Giancarlo Stanton is is stuck. I think he's going to play for the next three seasons uh, for the Miami Marlins, and then he's going to opt out. And as we, as a group, have been talking, if he stays with the Marlins, he's going to be playing with a pretty lackluster team because they're going to be selling, selling, selling. And I think that other teams need to be ready to become aggressive buyers because you're going to be able to almost buy anybody from that club. Yeah, and and to think that, you know, I I, I see this D Gordon move, and I go to think about that one piece. Um, I can't remember his name, but essentially it was the piece that pretty much said if the Marlin, if Stanton doesn't make a decision, the Marlins will force his hand by either telling him you either take a trade or you don't, and we'll just trade everybody around you. And I'm starting to wonder if this is the start of that. Does that, do you get that feeling? I do. I do. And I think that for me, it's that I I think he's stuck. I think he's going to be there for the next three seasons. Yeah. I I don't know if he'll be there for the next three seasons because I think at some point he will get traded. I I just can't see him on the Marlins uh, past, you know, mid season of 2018. But I could see a scenario where the Marlins say, you know what, if you're not going to take a trade to the, either of the two teams we have already a deal with already ready to go, then we won't, we'll just trade everybody else. Like they said, and, th- and this is the thing. And this is what I've been saying a lot recently is that if I'm the Marlins, <laughs> I'm only taking the best deal. Like I get that he, they want to shed payroll, but you're trading away the National League MVP. You're not just trading somebody away. You know, you're not trading some Joe Blow away. It's the National League MVP. You should be getting the best that you can get out of it. And if if the Giants' offer is worse than the Cardinals, then I, I'm not sure how Miami just doesn't tell them either you go to St. Louis or you don't, and we'll just trade everybody around you. I don't understand that. You know, it's 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 tough. I mean, I think this is this is where we kind of found ourselves with this whole situation. And you know, we'll, I want to I want to get back to it a little later, and I want to go ahead and and talk about you know the signing of Miles Nicholas a little bit. And I I kind of want to get your reaction to this, Doctor Miles, and and what you thought of the signing. What did you think? Well, for starters, the guy's got a great first name. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, destined for cardinal greatness with that first name. Uh, I think it's going to be real fun. I hope Aaron Miles comes and gives him, you know, a hard time because you're, if, I, if you recall, Aaron Miles did pitch a couple of innings for the Cardinals here and there during his day. So now you have a different mm-hmm. Miles, clearly not his last name, but a different Miles on the mound. You know, I may be the only guy here who who can outright say this. I'm really excited to see this guy. I think there's a lot of upside. I I love when a player has a down 
turn in the American MLB and they find themselves going overseas and they pick up new ways of doing things that they may not have picked up in, in the United States. And they come back and they have at least one, two, maybe even a whole career of, of great seasons. I mean, Eric Thames is a great example. Uh, I guess we'll find out this year if his 2017 return from the Japanese leagues coming in and just hitting the cover off the ball in a way that we didn't see coming, uh, see if that's a one-hit wonder or if it's repeatable. But I'm excited for this guy. I mean, he's bringing with him a, a, a two-point-something ERA out of Japan, and I don't think that that's something that you should look at in a downward view. You know, I think that uh, th- that that helps. He helps dramatically because that means that Alex Reyes doesn't have to feel like he has to fit into a number five spot. If he comes into spring training, he's strong enough and he's doing well and he takes fifth spot. Hey, Miles goes to the to the bullpen and he's a great long reliever at that point. Or or Miles becomes the number four starter. I mean, you really get this protection. And I think it's a, a stronger statement for how the club wants to protect and utilize Alex Reyes in 2018, more so than it is about this player they thought was a, a great pickup. And don't get me wrong, I, I do think it was a good addition. It, it came rather cheaply. Um, I, I think that overall, this, this is a name to watch this year. And I'm glad that he's going to be wearing the birds on the bat. What, was, what were your thoughts? I think... It, it was very tough for me to read the signing and not say, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people had the same reaction. I don't, I think a lot of people were obviously unaware of who this guy was. And, you know, looking at his, at his stats from the Japanese league, hey, he, he's had a pretty good run out there. And you would have to, you have to take a risk and see if he can translate that into, you know, Major League Baseball. And, you know, if he does, you look like a genius because you only signed him to a two-year, $15 million deal, so he gets paid 7.5 this year and 7.5 next year. That's pretty cheap. It's cheaper than Carlos Martinez. But, I mean, that's Carlos Martinez, our supposed ace. So... And remind me, Tito, what were we paying Lance Lynn? What was his final payment the, what, per year? What was his oh, AAV? $8 million, I think, about $8 million. Oh. And he's okay, so probably you... going to get – yeah, I mean, you're, you're cheaper than Lance Lynn even, but he's probably, Lance Lynn's probably, you know, probably going to make somewhere around $13, you know, $15 million a year, something like that. Actually, probably a little right, bit so more. You got if, this it, guy. if it was me, it would be more. But Yeah, and you got this guy. Now, granted, he is not an apples-for-apples apples replacement, but he is no. a replacement in some capacity, and you're getting him at a Kmart red light, blue light special, you know. Right, and, I, and this is what I found interesting. You know, I hope he does well, but this is what I found interesting about the signing. Literally that same day, maybe you know hours before the official announcement, came out you know that tweet about how Michael Waka was supposedly being looked at by the Marlins in the possible trade for Giancarlo Stanton as, alongside Jose Martinez, and then all of a sudden the Cardinals make 
a move for Miles Nick Miles Nick Miles Nicholas. And I'm thinking to myself, well that's odd <laughs> and intriguing at the same time. And so yeah, at, at one point, we, you know, I go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, and I remember that we all talked about that in the Twitter group because you did bring that up very astutely, and I did not even notice the coincidence of the two. But, man, once you brought that up, I was I climbed on that hayride with you because it just seems very striking to me. Um, yeah. And I haven't looked at this yet. I, I, I want to, and maybe you've looked at it. But what's the innings pitch count uh, comparison between Waka and Miklos? Oh, I'll look that up here in a second. Um, but at the same time, you also look at another move the Cardinals made, and that was the trade of Aledmus Diaz. And to me, you know, again, is it coincidence? Is it just, hey, we're trading a guy away for to open up a 40-man roster spot? And maybe that's you know that's the one that you know Nicholas took, but it it just smells fishy to me that somebody would tweet about Michael Waka and then all of a sudden the Cardinals sign another player, another pitcher, and so uh, it's it's just very weird to me. So Michael Waka in his career. First off, can we can we can we take a pause for just a minute and just revel in the fact that you said that it smelled fishy. Yeah. <laughs> and it could be that we're yeah. trying to deal with the Marlins. I mean, let's just, let's not yeah. skim over that. No pun that intended. Was, that was journal. No pun that intended. was journalistic gold. That was like triple A yeah. MLB value journalistic gold right there. Hey, I only do, I only do low A stuff though. So it's not a big deal. That's true. But so, hey, everybody's yeah. got to be somewhere. That's, that's fair. At least it's professional, right? That's right. You're out of college. That's ball. right. So that's right. Okay. So Michael Walker's innings pitched in his five-year career is 656.2 innings, and Miles has a grand total of 91. <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha! Across how many MLB seasons, though? Three. So 91 innings in three seasons compared to Waka, who looks like a workhorse. Correct. <laughs> so, again, I get I get the risk, but I think it's it just again, it it just is it feels like a setup for something that's going to happen. And maybe oh, the I, and I'm maybe right there with you. And and, and you know the thing is is. Waka may not even be a part of a Stanton trade. He might be a part of a trade for Ozuna or Yelich, for that. For all we know. But it's very clear that the Marlins were looking at him, and I would not be surprised if Michael Waka is moved to the Marlins at some point. Uh, and you know what? I think Michael Waka would serve the Marlins extremely well. Uh, he would go from – I mean, where is he slotted in our rotation now? Number three, number – He's our number probably, three starter. He would probably start start around the three four, yeah. 
Okay. So, but he's going to go from a 3-4 with us and be a 1-2 with them in, in their rebuild. And that's going to be really great for him. But he is also in arbitration, so he his clock is not, you know, it's not that, you know, it's not that far away from being a free agent. I mean, he is very close. Let me let me look it up real quick. But he's very close to uh, a free agency. I think he's got another – after this year, I think he has one more year of arbitration left. And then he hits okay. the open market. And I don't think the Marlins really want that. Um, let's see. Well, that's a good, and that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because they, they might not, but what was he making in arbitration? What was, what was his 17 salary? 17 salary was right around 3 million. It was 2.775, but he's got year two of arbitration this year, which he'll probably bump up to six, 7 million, probably somewhere around there. Then he's got 19 of arbitration. And then he's a free agent in 2020 at the age of 29. So the Marlins would essentially be getting him for two years, and that's it. So I, I just that's where I that's why I was so perplexed with all of this because the, why I don't understand the Marlins would be interested in Waka because of the year, the years of control. But I could understand why the Cardinals would want to get rid of him because. At arbitration years two and three, he's going to be commanding at least, you know, seven million the first year, and then possibly ten million the next year. And to be honest, he hasn't pitched at that level. He hasn't pitched like a ten million dollar guy. And so that's and see that's, that's where I have I, the I, problem with him. Right. And and, and I mean, not, think about it not, this way: he, he, he hasn't earned that money. Right, and, and if you think about it this way, it was kind of like the conversation you and I had about Brett Cecil in the mock meetings. It's where I was, you know, I didn't want to let go of Brett Cecil because I knew the bullpen was better without him or with him. But for the sake of potentially getting a better player, I needed to move his entire salary. It wasn't just a portion of it. It had to be all of it. And I think that's kind of the crux that the Cardinals find in him, find themselves in is that, yes, they would be a better rotation with him in it, but at what cost? At what cost are the Cardinals willing to take on another six, seven million if that six, seven million is what they need to bring in a John Carlos Stanton? Yeah, and I thought, you know, when you and I started that, that exercise, we Cecil was not on our list of who you're going to shop or even look to send elsewhere. He wasn't, but in our pursuit. um, And also I wanted to say this very quickly, and then I want to come back to this point, but thus far, you know, I don't think Miles Nicholas was even a name that you and I would have pulled out of a hat. If it was the only name in the hat during that mock session, you know, when when that news broke, I know that I thought, wait a minute, that's not even a name that Tito and I bounced around and, and looking out there. So that's sort of point A or, or point one. And one A is when we looked at the players laying out there this year, every one of the names gave us 
reason to say, you know what, I don't really care to take that on in one way or another. And so, well, I got to tell you, I'm right there with you that I think something's coming. I don't know what that something is. And I usually, as you know, and as my readers know, as listeners to this podcast know, I am very much a Cardinals. um, Oh, what am I trying to say? I I believe in Cardinals UFOs. I'm a conspiracy theorist, you know, and I believe that there's a lot that, that the Cardinals do and that usually I can say, Oh, I got that. I know exactly what that is. And I'm, in this case, I just don't know. Cause I'm right there with you that Michael Walker doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them. If it's the Marlins and, and maybe, maybe you and I are just looking at the wrong target. Maybe Walker is being shopped and, and they dangled his name out there in the Marlins talk, but he's actually being shopped elsewhere. Uh, it's very possible. I, I think this entire I mean, I, I think for anybody that's listening or that's anybody anybody that's been following this can, can really see that this whole Stanton saga has just been one giant mess. I think the Marlins have handled it poorly. Um, Stanton's doing what he what he has to do. He doesn't really have to take anybody's direction but his own, and so I don't blame him for that. And so I, I just think, again – Everybody can see that this has been an absolute chaotic mess. And unfortunately, until that saga is over, I don't really think anything else is going to happen until we see it. The Marlins wouldn't trade Yelich or Ozuna before Stan because there goes their leverage. That's it. It's over. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that if you're holding out for Stanton, just remember that you better be prepared to wait a really, really long time. And speaking of that, that's going to be our next topic when we come back from our break, our second break. You're listening to the official Redbird Rants podcast, episode 40. Stick with us. And welcome back to the final 20 minutes of this episode, episode 40, official Redbird Rants podcast. We just got done with a great discussion about John Carlos Stanton, St. Louis Cardinals, a couple of the moves they've made. And right before the break, I kind of threw out this topic that we were going to talk about whether or not the Cardinals should wait for a Stanton decision and what's the, what is the price that they pay for waiting and, and what is the reality, you know, of the fact that what if we don't get Stanton? What is that reality going to look like? And so I, I want to start with, you know, waiting for his decision. And, and I think we can safely assume that by Sunday we should know something. And if we didn't, I would be shocked. But at this point, do the Cardinals have any other choice but to wait? What do you think, Dr. Miles? I think at this point you wait at least until Sunday. I mean, you'd be foolish to start making, you know, rash decisions, quick decisions at, at, at this moment when that's really unnecessary. Uh, that said, I could totally see as of Sunday coming and going, or if the organization can learn a little bit more about the, you know, the direction that they think things are going, 
I do believe it is time to move on from Stanton, just in principle. But I won't begrudge the the team for waiting until Sunday to make that call. Now that said, like I said, in principle, I'm at the place of saying you you move on. I think that we are being held up um, in, in our pursuit of other names and of other opportunities, and I think that that's. You know, unfortunately, really unfair. I mean, it certainly is the nature of baseball and the business of baseball. But when it comes to Stanton, I think you, you as a club, have to say Sunday's our day or Monday's our day. And if we know more then, hey, our, our answer may change. We may say, you know what, we learned a little bit more today, and it, looks, it still looks promising to the degree that we're not interested in moving, you know, to moving on. But if you're in the same boat that you are today and it's Sunday or Monday – I think you're downright foolish to not start investing your time and energy in other names. But listen, if I'm on, you know, let's make a deal and I've got 5,000 bucks in my hand and they offer me curtain number two, I'm taking the five grand that's in my hand. That's just me. Right. And I'm going to try to answer my own question and it will be very difficult to do so. I don't know if the Cardinals have any other choice but to wait this out. I think it's very evident they want Stanton, and apparently it's very evident that Stanton does not want either, and I will emphasize either, the Giants or the Cardinals. Um, You know, as Craig Mish reported yesterday, that neither the Cardinals or the Giants were on that list of teams that he would accept a trade to. But I don't know if the Cardinals have any other choice but to wait this out and, and until a firm decision has been given. And, you know, over the next couple of days, it'll be very interesting to see what news comes out of this. Um, yeah, so just for clarity's sake, Tito, are you saying that they should wait until they have an answer, period, even if that takes all of the off season? I mean, I don't think it will. I think you and I agree. It, 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 we're going to know something long before, you know, the season yeah. hits. But it, is but that, yeah, is that but what yeah. you're saying? I'm just – Yeah, I, that is exactly what I'm saying. I, I don't think the Cardinals have any other choice but to wait because everything else depends on it. And sure, the Cardinals could probably go out and make, you know, four or five moves and get the same thing accomplished. But I truly think that they want Stanton, and I think they think that once Stanton is in St. Louis, they can convince him to stay. I truly think that. And so I I really think that the Cardinals are very adamant about getting him, and I don't think they're going to budge until – uh, until they get an answer. And, and one thing why I say that is because of recent comments by John Mozalak, and that is patience. He's preaching patience once again for us. And if the Cardinals are going to be patient and wait for something to happen, nothing and nothing tells me any different, it seems like they're prepared to wait as long as it takes to get an answer. But that doesn't mean that the Cardinals are being patient with Stanton altogether. You know, that could also mean that the Cardinals are, let's say, for instance, 
well, we can wait on Stanton. But if he says no, that's okay. We still have we still have uh, Plan B, C, D, and E, and F to go through. And and that's part of patience as well is is seeing what kind of fish you can get to begin with, only to see if there's a bigger fish waiting at the end. Um, but I'm not so sure that there is a bigger fish. No pun intended. Yet again, than John Carlos. No, right take now. it. You take it. You you mean <laughs> for that to be a pun? You uh-huh. you're really trying to win that journal go, journalist yeah. gold right there. And hey, uh, but I think you're. Listen, let me let me say this. You, you I, try. You, I hey, if you, you want are, to promote promote me to double A if you want to, but I'm doing my best. I'm do. I, I'm doing it. I'm putting you in the in the pen in double A, but I'm still looking at you as a starter. Um, <laughs> we, I, I'm going to tell you this. I think you are so dead on correct when you say about um, you know if you're waiting for another big fish, then you're waiting a fool's game. And I think that's right because he is the big fish. And as you and I batted around in, in the mock situation, other names. You know, we just we really weren't overly interested in some, and then of course the whole mock thing took some weird turns and twists and things here and there with yeah. things that probably would never happen in, in the real world, which made us go after some different names that you know the Cardinals probably will never consider. That that being said, I, I you know I'm, I'm not at all disagreeing with your point. I I'm worried about your point, and I'm worried because. Number one, I don't. I worry that we're going to wait ourselves out of the market and miss out on other things. That is my worry, and, it's, and it, is, it exists because of past behaviors of the team. Um, but at the same time, I worry about what Mosaic has said because, and I've written about this several times. The man is a political speak genius, and you know, it, it's that old question is. Uh, have the Marlins dangled out the Giants to get the Cardinals to do more? Well, maybe the Cardinals are saying we're going to be really patient because they don't want to be the first one to jump in negotiations because they, they are trying to get the, the Giants to tip their hand. And then you get, well, the Marlins have released that, hey, the Dodgers have sort of kicked around the idea of actually going after him since Stanton wants to play there. You know, it's just – there's so much – fog of war until we get into some actual moves and again I just want to go back to it. I, I'm concerned that if we wait too long we're going to end up with like a, another Zipchinski who by the way in the mock uh, GM meetings the, he was trying to trade to us again um, and I, I just hope that I'm wrong I, I do because I, I certainly see the value of what you're saying and, and from a negotiation standpoint I, I agree with you I think you just wait and wait and wait but I think you're. I think you're very much correct when you say that the Cardinals are out there shopping and checking in on names. And if they were able to put together some deal for a good name, a great name, maybe not as great as Giancarlo Stanton, but if they were able to do that, I, I think that's when they decide, hey, you know what? Enough waiting. We're walking away from the table and we're going with Plan B. And uh, and I do want to throw in a little bit of uh, quote unquote breaking news and. I was kind of reading up on this as a couple of the guys so kindly have reached out to us about Ken Rosenthal's latest uh, reporting is showing that Giancarlo Stanton is refusing to approve a trade 
to the San Francisco Giants or St. Louis Cardinals, but instead is holding out for a Los Angeles Dodgers move or, and get this one, or the New York Yankees to become a serious player. And my goodness, if Judge and Stanton were in the same outfield, I just, oh my gosh, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do? Um, that would be awesome to I mean, what, see, but at the same time, not what awesome. a dream! What a dream come true for Aaron Boone, right? Yeah, right. I mean, here yeah, we're going to arguably giving your first the minute biggest stars. Yeah, and listen, they can do it. So let me re- let me restate my answer to your question. I think the Cardinals have no other choice but to move on. <laughs> Thanks for the break. You news. think so? I was going to say, I, I do. I really do, Tito. I, I don't see him coming to St. Louis. I think that I, I would love it. Um, but I, I, it just, it smells more and more and more like a deal that I don't want to have. Honestly, you know what it smells like? It smells like gas station sushi. You should never eat gas station sushi, like in a place like, I'm going to say Missouri. I mean, don't eat gas station sushi in Missouri, which is completely landlocked. Um, you know, it's like here in Memphis, when I see seafood, I'm like, okay, come on, really? You know, I, I only eat real seafood when I'm down near the sea. Um, but anyway, I, I just think that, look, Enough is enough. Let's go find some other moves. We got to make the team better. And I think waiting at this point with all these reports of him saying, and this is not the first time we've heard this, that he does not want to go and play for the Giants. He does not want to go and play for the Cardinals. He does want the Dodgers or he does want the Yankees. Let him have them. And, and maybe that's, that's something the Cardinals will come to a decision by the end of this week. And, but I think at some point, yes, the Cardinals do have to put a timeline on themselves and say, okay, enough's enough. I'm, I'm ready to walk away. And you know what? Thanks for your time, but no thanks anyway. But I, I just feel like I think based on what I'm hearing and based on what I've seen, I think the Cardinals are in it until a, dis, a decision or he pretty much says, you know what, I, I'm not going to go. Uh, until he says no, the Cardinals will be in on Stanton. And that won't prevent them from doing anything because let me ask you this. Out of all the moves that have been talked about with the Cardinals, what's the one thing that they have in common? Mm, I, I'm not I'm not following you. You're talking about – Okay. The, what would it take? What would what 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 has to happen for Colome and Archer to get here? It has to be a trade, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Stanton I was thinking Stanton more, has more to difficult be, than that. No, no, no. Stanton Stanton has to be a trade. Colome and Archer have to be a trade. Correct. Donaldson. Yeah. Would there's have not to be a, a trade. There, there's not a free agent pickup. Exactly. So the Cardinals aren't necessarily on any free agent's timeline because they are in control of their own destiny of who they go after at a certain point. Now, sure, you could argue that the Cardinals, well, what if somebody gets you know traded before the Cardinals can step in? That's not going to happen either because I guarantee you the Cardinals are already keeping tabs on who's talking to who. 
So I, I just don't I don't buy the fact that they're running out of time on anything because all of their moves have required a trade. And so no free agent has signed, no big free agent has signed at least. And so there's no reason for the Cardinals to be in a panic mode or, or to shut anything down before all of that goes through. Uh, so... I I think that's so true that they don't they're not on anybody's time, but I I will say this I I still feel like they're wasting their time and, and I listen I'm right there with you they listen they they are not just talking to Stanton they are not just looking for Stanton they're not we know that that would be really terrible business and they're not known to be do, to have done terrible business uh, they may have made some bad trades but they don't do bad business that said. I still stand by. I think it's time to say, let maybe we don't walk away from the table entirely. So we still wait, but maybe instead we ramp up other talks to give ourselves more of an option of a of a back out than what may exist today. And that you know, you and I don't know what's going on in those rooms. And just like the other people in the mock thing didn't know what we were talking about. Right, right. And there was, a, there was unfortunately only two of us, and the Cardinals front office has a plethora of smart minds. Right. And I think, and I think part of me maybe is doing a little wishful thinking and thinking that Stanton will still take a trade here and, and pretty much say, well, if I don't have anybody else, nobody steps forward. Okay, I've got two options here. And... St. Louis is the best of a bad situation for me. And for three years, at least the next three years, I'll abide my time in St. Louis. And then after that, I'm gone. And honestly... Yeah, and let me, let me add one more wrinkle. You ready for this? And I saw this yeah. tweet today. You know, all the complaints that we've heard from Stanton is that he wants to be on a coastal team. He wants to be on the West Coast team. He doesn't really want to play in the middle of the... U.S. and in St. Louis, I think that's a smokescreen for the fact that he just doesn't want to say, I don't want to play for Mike Matheny. <laughs> I, uh, I think that that is purely arbitrary, and I think you're, you're reaching. <laughs> as much and as I, will, sure I will gladly, gladly, gladly reach. I will reach for that. I will reach for the yeah. stars. Because I think I think if you had Yadier Molina as the manager, I think uh, John Carlos Santon would have signed with his team two weeks ago. And, and that might be the case, but I think that's a little far-fetched. Uh, I do find it interesting that Mike Matheny was not present at the meeting with uh, uh, with the representatives of yeah, Stanton. I wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take him. We've seen how well his uh, his real estate deals have gone. You know, I, I don't think I'd take him to a deal. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, but I think it's a little off to to suggest that it has anything to do with Mike Matheny. Um, but okay, fine. Uh, it's John Mabry. He doesn't want to come play for go. John Mabry. There you go. <laughs> now I can I can believe that one. Um, I. I don't know. It it's it will be interesting to see how this all unfolds over the next couple of days. Um, especially considering this latest news from Ken Rosenthal saying that he just is re- absolutely absolutely refusing to go to San Francisco 
or uh, St. Louis. And if, and if that is truly the case, if that is truly the case, I find it uh, very difficult to envision either of those two things happening. I don't think the Dodgers will will step up. I don't think they could with the amount of money still owed. And I don't think the Yankees would be able to do that either. They're trying to stay out of the uh, luxury tax as well. And granted, they lost a couple of guys' payroll, but I, I just don't see it happening like that. And And maybe he wants to play on a coast and that is all fine and dandy, but you can get exposure elsewhere too. So I think – how much time do we have? Do you know? Hey, we're, we're out. We're off the air. This is bonus right now. This is bonus yeah, recording bonus. for those people who will listen to us after the fact. Oh, this is bonus time, huh? Okay, well, uh, you know, I think I think we can wrap it up right there. I mean, <laughs> we've done <laughs> – We've done a good job of uh, of covering the Stanton ordeal, and until we see something over the next couple of days, I mean, we will be ready to go as soon as we hear news. And I would say to our listeners that are, you know, that are listening after hours, I should say, um, you know, be prepared for an emergency podcast once the Stanton news hits uh, and we get an official word of a yes or a no. Or if anything happens regarding the St. Louis Cardinals over the next few days, wouldn't you think, Dr. Miles? I think that is well said. And I was going to say follow RedbirdRants.com. We will let you know when we're having an emergency podcast. It'll be episode 41. How exciting, you know, just to bring us back to the beginning that, man, we, we've had a great first season. It's going to be a lot of fun to finish out the off season. Um, and when pitchers and catchers report in the spring, when the weather is starting to warm just a little, we will start season two. And I know that we have incredible things coming. I, I'm so excited about the ideas that, that you shared with me today, Tito. And I just want to tease those out there. I'm not even going to say much more about them. But just stuff we're going to do here through the rest of the off season, and then the really exciting stuff coming um, in season two. Uh, just exciting. Um, and so – Thank you, and thank you for having me be a part of this 40th episode. Um, to those who are still listening, again, if you're on listening to this on podcast, you're getting this extra bonus amount here. I do think it's hilarious and very much in our our style at Redbird Ranch to say, "Hey, we got this bonus going on," and but we think we finished talking about it. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I mean, what else can we say at this point that probably oh, everybody doesn't so know? Right. So. It's just so right. I just love it. I, I think that we've got an outstanding outstanding crew of writers and, and podcasters, and uh, some may say we're single A, but that, that is a big A, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and we own it, wear it, and I think that uh, it's a, a really great thing. So thank you. Uh, I, I hope Giancarlo sleeps well tonight. Listen, if I made even a tenth of what he makes, I would be sleeping well. Um, and I don't, so I, I will still sleep well. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll do it for us, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to the official Redbird Rants podcast. For Dr. Miles, I'm Tito. We'll see you next time. Go Cards.